believe it or not, we are at the 200th episode of Locked On Wolverines. Super excited to uh, to get this far. It's pretty amazing, especially considering, uh, yeah, I was part of the Wolverine 24-7 podcast for, what, a year or so? And we did that once a week. And uh, now here we are. This it was around this time last year that I decided to do this, and I was a little bit nervous because I had never did a solo podcast before. I don't listen to podcasts in general. Eventually, that changed a little bit as I listened to some of the Game of Thrones podcasts. But, uh, yeah, Lockdown Wolverines, 200 episodes. So thank you all to the listeners. Uh, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire. Uh, and uh, we will strive to hit five shows this week, Tuesday through Saturday. Whether it happens or not is mostly dependent on just uh, the topsy-turviness of the schedule. But that ends this week because next week we get into a normal schedule. We'll have our normal every morning deal. Uh, podcast will come out around 10 a.m. every single day, five days a week. But uh, for now, uh, we are still kind of in off-season mode. But we're going to talk about a bunch of the different things that we have heard coming out of, uh, not even things that we've heard. Um, I was going to say things that we've heard in media availability, but that's not really the case here. Because we have three topics that we're going to talk about in three consecutive segments. And uh, we're going to start off talking about uh, why I think Michigan football is poised to be in such a great situation this year compared to some other years. I'll break it all down for you. Uh, it's one simple thing, one simple reason why I think Michigan football is in a much better spot despite not having a Devin Bush out there, despite not having, uh, you know, Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, why I think that this team can really succeed. It's really one thing, one reason why this team is different than a lot of the others, different even than 2016. Uh, then beyond that, uh, the, the AP poll came out yesterday. I want to react a little bit to that. Uh, it's congruent with the coaches poll and why, why, why I think the polls are, you know, people go on to the Wolverines wire Facebook page. People are just dismissing the polls out of hand. And I think that's a little, you know, a little silly to some degree. Um, just the reasoning behind it. And then finally, uh, Michigan named, uh, its team captains. And I just want to kind of take a moment to discuss that. But first, like I said, one reason why I think that Michigan is in a better position to win and win big in 2019. And that, that it's a bigger reason than what they had in 2016. They haven't had it since the Lloyd Carr years. And the reason why I thought about this was I saw that Brian Cook tweeted last week about the offensive line and, and so, like someone had posted like, you know, Michigan hasn't had an offensive line like this going back to the Lloyd Carr years. And he's like, Hey, listen, like 2011, 2012 had a couple of future NFL, you know, they were it was loaded with NFL guys. It's like this annoys me, but that's not really the point. The reason why people are looking at the offensive line and saying, this is the best offensive line Michigan has is because of, and the word is depth. This Michigan team has depth in a way that its predecessors have not. It's uh that's the what's the big difference. Because when you look at some of these other teams that they've had, yeah, that Michigan offensive line 
was uh, ha- had Pat, you know, guys like Patrick Omame, David Mulk, Taylor Lewan, Michael Schofield. And you look at this offensive line and you say, all right, you've got, uh, you know, a couple future NFL guys for sure in Ben Bredesen, Cesar Ruiz, Michael Onwenu. John Runyon returns as uh, all Big Ten first team left tackle. You feel good about Jalen Mayfield being the guy at right tackle. But it's it goes beyond that because now think think about some of those other years, especially like once things got lean in 2013, 2014 on the line. Things were bad. My guy Devin Gardner will tell you up and down, things were bad. And it's a little bit different now because you, you, you talk about the contingency plans like what if something happens to Jalen Mayfield or John Runyon? Well, Ryan Hayes. I feel better about Ryan Hayes going in than I even do going back to, what, 2017? No offense to Nolan Ulysio, who ended up being the starter, but I feel better about Ryan Hayes. Ed Warner sung his praises yesterday, said like he's already he's got the size now. He's just new to the position, and we, we feel like he's taken to it. And then behind that, Joel Honigford slid out the tackle from guard. And they feel really good about him now. They said, you know, Warner said yesterday, hey, he, he when we tried to play him at tackle last year, he was kind of swimming a bit. Now you feel comfortable with it. They have players that can execute what the coaches are asking. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the coaching staff, right? Putting them in a position to succeed, as Josh Gaddis constantly talks about. But look at the quarterback position. Look at what it was in 2017. Look at what it was in 20, what, 2012? Denard Robinson goes out. First person they went to was Russell Bellamy. Yeah, eventually Devin Gardner ended up coming in. But now, like, something happens to Shea, God forbid. You got Dylan McCaffrey. Something happens to Dylan McCaffrey. You got Joe Milton. Then you, you start getting down to you don't want Cade McNamara to necessarily be forced into action in year one. But they seem to think that he's uh, he's acclimating really well. He was here in spring. It's a little bit different than just being a true freshman. He's already got 12-some practices under his belt before fall camp. Well, more than that, but nonetheless. Uh, 20-some. I don't remember the exact number offhand. But that's that just goes across the board. You look at wide receiver. It's, the wide receiver position is much more than the trio that we always talk about. Nico Donovan and uh, Tariq. Ronnie Bell's really good. People sleep on Nate Shanley. If he's healthy and able to play, look out. Mike Sainer still we know about. Cornelius Johnson sounds like he's taking a massive step forward. Tight end. They got four guys that can that that should all play this year. You got your top two, Sean McCune and uh, Nick Eubanks, two very different style players. You know you're going to see Mustafa Muhammad. Maybe we'll see Luke Schumacher. And uh, they really like what Eric All can do. Running back, there's five guys in contention. I know that that people feel a little bit bad about that because there isn't a proven guy, but it sounds from everything that I've heard that it's uh, it's a position that's looking really strong. Defensive side of the ball, same deal. Five guys vying for two positions, Will and Mike. 
Everyone went into it thinking it was going to be Josh Ross at middle linebacker, and it probably will be, but it sounds like Jordan Anthony and Cam McGrone are making a push. Cam McGrone, I'm sure, can also play the will linebacker position. People sleep on Jordan Glasgow and Devin Gill. I think, again, stargazing. They like Devin Gill and Jordan Glasgow, by the way, but they like Devin Gill way more than a lot of the fans do. I'm just here to tell you that. They lo- they like Devin Gill. They have, they've long liked Devin Gill. Uh, then obviously got Kalik Hudson at Viper. I'm blanking on the the backup there for some reason because Michael Barrett's now at Sam, but he's so he's who I normally think of. It's uh on the tip of my tongue. I just can't think of it offhand. But uh, you know Josh Uche at Sam, Michael Barrett backing him up. We saw Michael Barrett playing Viper look really good in the spring game. Got the interception. High-level athlete type. Not to mention some of those other guys, like like I said, Michael Bear can play Viper. Jordan Glasgow can play Viper. They've got a lot of guys there. The only place that depth kind of ends up being a concern, because I didn't even mention the defensive line, who, you know, Ed Warner said eight or nine deep defensive line. Maybe ten. That's what Don Brown said. Now, this is what Ed Warner on the other side of the ball is saying. Like, they just keep coming. And waves. The only place that I, you know, have any depth concerns right now is cornerback, and that's just due to Am- Ambry's injury. But Ambry not injured. When once Ambry gets back, if he say he comes back and plays at a high level or re-earns that starting position that he was expected to have, then you've got again a bunch of options. That's not something Michigan had in 2016. 2016, Michigan had its starters. It had depth on the defensive line. But it was breaking in a bunch of newer players or un- unheralded players that were still trying to get things going. Ty Isaac wasn't exactly a burner. Chris Evans really cemented himself at running back. But it was really pretty much Devian Smith, and that was the, the majority of it. Corner was J.D. and Channing after Jeremy Clark got hurt. Levert and David were coming in in mop-up situations. That was kind of the whole team, except for the defensive line. This is a team that has depth in ways that the other teams have not. And that, because they're, it sounds like they're going to rotate guys. Even Ed Warner said, hey, if you know Mayfield won the job outright, he'd probably still only get 60% of the snaps. We would have given Stuber 40%. They want to rotate guys. They want fresh legs in there across the board. That's a different deal than what it had been before. And... To me, that tells you that this team is poised to have more success because that's the thing that you always, why the defensive line has always has long been, you know, the the hallmark, the calling card for Michigan. Because you look at 2016, it was like as soon as you figured out how to deal with guys like Taco and Wormley, in comes chasing Rashawn and fresh legs, ready to go, and they've got just as much talent as the guys that came before them. That's where Michigan is now. That's not where they've been. It had been a precipitous fall off. That's what separates a team like Michigan from the Michigan States and Penn States of the world. And especially some of the others, because like you look at Michigan State and Penn State, their starters are about as good as Michigan starters. Maybe not quite. And that's why Michigan's been able to win for the most part in the Harbaugh era against those teams, two and two against 
MSU, 3-1 and one against Penn State. But now Michigan has a, a bag that it can grab down a little bit deeper into. That's the big difference. All right, we got to move on. Let's talk polls, kind of why I think it's important. Uh, just, yeah, we'll get into that in a second. And then after that, uh, we'll talk to team captains. Fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer and Locked On Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as any, everyone else because then you are the same as everyone else. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. All right, so Michigan AP poll, we'll get into that now. But uh, remember, team captains, I just want to sing their praises for a moment. We're going to get into that in a moment. Uh, But uh, before we do, AP top 25 is out. Michigan is in the exact same spot as it is in the coaches poll, which is seventh overall. Do I have that right? I believe I do. Uh, We'll triple check my work here but yeah seventh they were seventh it they're pretty much the same the the difference is uh, ohio state was fifth in the coaches poll they're fourth in the ap poll but otherwise uh same deal for michigan there so good stuff um here's why i think it's important i know people like here's the here's the kicker here's the thing that we we need to remember at all times no matter what it's that no polls matter, truly matter, other than the college football playoff poll. But this is the AP poll, the coaches poll are indicators of expectations. That's why they matter. No, it's not the be all end all, but it, it, it shows you what the expectations are. And where they kind of stand on a week by week basis, because we don't until the last week of October, that Tuesday, and then it switches to Monday, we don't get the college football playoff polls, but we get an idea of where these teams are. How many times have you heard the metric that Michigan hasn't beaten a ranked opponent on the road since blank? You know, then it happened, of course, last year. They beat uh, Michigan State, ranked rival on the road, but then Michigan State didn't finish ranked. You know, Michigan hasn't beaten a top 10 team since... It, it, I mean, yeah, it changes all the time. Of course, you know, those metrics change. Wisconsin in 2016, Penn State in 2016. Penn State wasn't ranked when Michigan played them, but they finished ranked. So these things do matter. Not as much as the college football playoff ranking, which is the only one that's important. Truly, truly important. Everything else It's it's just a way to figure out how your team stacks up. So it kind of brings me into the fandom thing again, which I'm sure is going to be a big topic as usual on this podcast, because it always is. It has been since the inception a year ago. Week three, college football season last year is when we started. Second episode had Daxton Hill on. But uh, a, lot, a lot of... Not me telling you how to be as a fan, but mostly me saying calm the F down sometimes. Because a lot of the comments come in are like, who cares about these polls or whatever? Well, it it matters. 
not as much as anything else. It's low on the things, the list of things that matter. It's below who your team captains are. But it gives you an idea of the expectations. That's why things were so bad when Michigan lost, not to bring up really sour moments, but back in 2007, and I was a senior at Michigan, and that number five Michigan lost to, you know, App State. That's why that was such a big deal. It wasn't just that an FCS team came in and beat a Power 5 school. They beat the number five team in the country. I would argue that the bigger loss overall in program history, that there's two of them. The loss to Toledo, which Michigan had no business losing to no matter what, in 2008. And the loss to Rutgers in 2014. To me, the loss to Rutgers in 2014 might be one of the worst losses that the Michigan program has ever had. Now, I don't remember Rutgers' uh, record overall that year. Might have been okay. We're going to look it up right now. I mean, they're 8-5 in 2014. So, I mean, that was a good... I mean, as far as Rutgers can go, that was a good team. I mean, they beat Washington State. They beat Navy. They beat Tulane. They beat Michigan. They beat Indiana. They beat Maryland. They went into a bowl game and beat North Carolina. The quick lane bowl in Detroit. So, yeah, that that wasn't a bad Rutgers team, but I mean, they lost anyone with a pulse. They lost to Penn State, who Michigan beat that year. They lost to Ohio State, 56-17. They lost to Nebraska, 42-24. They lost to Wisconsin, 37-0. They lost to Michigan State, 45-3. But to me, even though they had an 8-5 record, Michigan should never lose to a Rutgers team ever. The reason why no one cared is because Michigan wasn't ranked. Michigan was no good then, right? Look at 2014. It was it was bad. Beat App State, lose embarrassingly to uh, Notre Dame. Handily beat Miami of Ohio, lose to Utah, lose to Minnesota, lose at Rutgers. Beat Penn State for some reason. Lose handily to Michigan State. Beat Indiana. Beat Northwestern by one point. Walk off. Lose to Maryland. Lose to Ohio State. That was not a good Michigan team, of course, 5-7. and seven, But that's... No Michigan team should be losing to the likes of Rutgers, no matter how good Rutgers is. People didn't care because polls weren't involved. That's why people cared as much as they did in a big way. Michigan had this, if it was the 5-7 and seven Michigan team of 2014 or the 7-5 and five Michigan team, 7-6, and six, whatever it ended up being in, in 2013, it wouldn't be that big headline. That's why polls matter. It, it's the perception. It tells you where you are right now. Either live up to it, exceed it, or be worse because that's why it's always embarrassing for teams that start out early and then, you know, really high. And then it's like, you know, USC is one of those ones and they're not ranked now. I don't believe, but you know, USC always seems to get the Michigan treatment and they're ranked high and then they fall off a map and people are like, well, what happened to USC? Well, they just weren't very good to begin with. Seventh is kind of perfect 
I mean, 14th is better where Michigan started and well, honestly finished last year because it gives you some room to grow. There's not a lot of room to grow from there, but the perception is right now Michigan is seventh. Doesn't take a lot to get up in that four, in that top four. Yeah, there's some some stuff that you got to climb. I don't think LSU, LSU sixth. I don't know that LSU is that good. LSU has been okay for a while. Not elite. I guess that's like Michigan as well. I think Michigan's a step ahead of LSU ultimately. Ohio State, we'll see what Ohio State is. Fourth and fifth, depending on you know which ranking you're looking at. This Georgia team has depth as well. Has but they they have to get over the Alabama hurdle. They still got some other good teams to play. I'm not as big into Florida as some others are. I'm hoping that Florida loses to Miami on Saturday, but that's because I like the U. So it's again, it's a perception thing. Because think about this. Florida being a ranked team. They lose to Miami. Guess what? Miami, that's why Miami was considered such a disappointment last year. Started the season ranked pretty highly, had Mark Richt. Now it looks like a program in free fall. They can turn that around quickly under Manny Diaz. They have the players to do it. So that's why polls matter. Not everything you don't like is bad. That's the thing. Not everything that you don't care about is bad. That's And it's just because it's not the best doesn't mean it's the worst. We're not living in diametrically opposed situations all the time. That's my point. All right, let's talk team captains in a moment. I'm sure you all have heard about it, but we are going to get into it in just a second. The new Lockdown NFL is on fire. The NFL is your deal. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows, continues to be, with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock. Lockdown NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game, which is, I mean, get a former NFL scout. That's cool stuff. Follow Lockdown NFL now. Get it on your favorite podcast provider. All right, so if you were living under a rock yesterday, then I'm sure you've heard that Michigan named its team captains. Uh, Certainly, if you've been on Twitter at all today, you've seen that Michigan football's retweeted all the congratulations in rapid succession. It was like a double kick drum, just constantly going. Uh, I know because I was on the phone and it was just like constant uh, beeping in my ears. But um, nonetheless, no surprise, Ben Bredesen, reelected team captain. Uh, obviously, that means the uh, the honor bestowed upon him for the second straight year means that he has uh, fulfilled year one quite well. Good representative of the team. The other two are no surprise. I think the only surprise for me is that they decided to go with three and make them all seniors. But I think like last year made a little more sense to have the juniors because, you know, Ben Bredesen and Devin Bush were really, you know, they were team leaders. This year, they went all seniors, three Carlo Kemp, who sounds like he maybe didn't get a red shirt from uh, the uh, 2016 season, having played against Rutgers in week six or whatever that was, which, you know, maybe they'll get him a medical. I don't know. I don't know how that'll work. But uh, nonetheless, Carlo Kemp has talked about this being like his last go round. So he's a senior. I mean, might be a red shirt junior once everything's said and done, but he's clearly a senior still. And, uh, 
and then Kalik Hudson. Kalik Hudson's a guy I think should get more love in general, right? Because he was so, everyone was so excited about him when he got here, and I think it's just like he had such a good 2017, and then 2018 was just kind of whatever. It's, I think teams were able to kind of scheme around him a little bit. But, you know, you, you hear what uh, Anthony Campanelli said yesterday that, you know, he puts Kalik up there with all the players he's coached. And he said, I'm talking about some NFL guys now. So I think it's a great honor bestowed upon them. I think it's the uh, the right guys to get voted that. Obviously, people are going to look at the, the fact that Shea didn't get voted a team captain, but Shea... Like we've we've talked about how he's kind of maybe not on the podcast, but you know, on in writing and some of that stuff that he he's kind of starting to come into his leadership role more now. That he's starting to feel more comfortable. You have to remember he hasn't been on campus for four years like these other guys. He stepped in last year and had to take Brandon Peters' job away from him. And some guys don't necessarily aren't necessarily big vocal leaders. The guys they had last year, big vocal leaders. Devin, Karan, Tyree, Ben. Now they've got three guys that are big vocal leaders, guys that everyone looks to. Set the tone. Patterson might do that with his play on the field, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's out there, you know, whipping guys into shape, being the guy that holds everyone else accountable. Yeah, you want your quarterback to, to hopefully be that, but that doesn't they don't have to be. If one of your offensive linemen is, that's usually a pretty good sign anyway. So I, I think it makes sense. I, I I can't think of many other guys. I would have maybe I'm surprised that Jordan Glasgow didn't get the nod there. They brought him to Chicago. Right? two of the three guys they brought to Chicago for Big Ten Media Days. That's usually a pretty good indicator of who's going to become your team captains. Doesn't always work out that way. The players get the vote. But uh, nonetheless, Michigan's in really good hands, really good leadership, solid, stoic leadership. Can speak well on that in uh, in terms in which I cannot speak publicly. But uh, they've got some really good guys leading the charge for the Wolverines this year. Uh, Michigan fans should be really proud of uh, of all three. And uh, I think that their play on the field will also represent the team extremely well. All right, that's all the time we've got for today. We will show it up tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, probably uh, maybe hearing from some of these guys. I don't have a real good plan yet for tomorrow, but we, we are meeting with all three of the team captains uh, this evening at Schembechler Hall. So I'm sure there will be some component of that. Maybe we'll we'll hear what they have to say about being named team captain, but I'm sure there will be plenty of other things to talk about because there are plenty of other things to talk about. For the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at On Wolverines, Wolverines Wire, at Wolverines Wire. If you would like to be a featured sponsor on the show, email me at I-H-O-L-E at usatoday.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcast, or online at wolverineswire.usatoday.com, where we post our daily podcasts every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.